Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio. We're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Christian, over there on my actual left in uh, the wonderful Mashpee, Massachusetts on Cape Cod is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris. I'm doing great today. Of course, we got the in-person show. We got a nice little production here. We got both mics going for the first time ever. Yeah. We also have a couple things to talk about today. I don't know. Did anything really happen? Yeah, I was thinking this would be mostly like, uh, you know, we, we, we pick out, you know, a team that's doing well, going a little under the radar, and, you know, this might be, a, you know, yeah. a nice half-hour, 40-minute show. It'll be, it's, it's a getaway show, like you keep saying. Yeah, it, yeah. it is. You know, it, they can't always be... Uh, full effort productions yeah. here and virtually nothing happened in the world of baseball yeah. in the past uh, since, since we last recorded which was uh what tuesday, tuesday yeah yeah i mean if you want to count this i guess the only thing that happened was like the biggest trade dead like probably the best trade deadline in our lifetimes or at least in the age of, of the internet where everything goes down on twitter yeah if you want to count that i mean that happened yeah i mean it's uh you know if 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 you're really into, uh, you know, the trade deadline and tra- if you're really into transactions, yeah. I would say, you know, there was like two or three. Yeah, there were a few within like a, every ten minute period. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was really, really insane. I mean, I almost, like, I almost just want another day. Like, why can't it just be the thirty first? Let's keep it going. Yeah, can we get that, you know, shortstop in Colorado out of there? Oh my God, we'll get into that. But we'll, we'll definitely geez. get into that. We yeah. might, we might save that for last because that was horrendous, uh, purely ridiculous. That yeah, the Rockies are the only team that get an F. Yes. In, in deadlining. Yes, uh, very much so. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, we we can't we kind of go from. Uh, Team to team here. Also, uh, as we mentioned before, we're going to have a couple guests on the show. We have in Nico Fasella and Bono Siddhartha. Uh, they're going to be talking the two Chicago's and the Mets, and they're also going to be do, uh, making some ARR history. The first guest to do a how about that and slightly alarming. I cannot wait. I've been waiting for this for weeks. We planned this out, and I was like, we need to have Nico and Bono come on to do how about that's so slightly alarming because you know it's just it's always just been me and you you know we have our we have our narratives you know we're i feel like we've become kind of predictable within each other yeah i'm very excited to see uh, a new approach to this from somebody else yeah yeah i mean don't want to be uh <clears throat> too formulaic and uh nico and bono are here to, to spice up the segment a little bit and we're very excited to to have that uh yeah so uh, we'll be looking forward to that later on in the episode. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we're not going to go chronological because there are way too many things that happened. No. <laughs> so we... We're going to go team by team. We'll yeah. go team by team. We'll start out, you know, we our, our trade deadline breakdown started in the West, so we'll start in the 
how about we start in the east yeah, this time? I like it. Um, <clears throat> and we'll go American League East with uh, our team, the hometown team, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I mean, you know, there's there's many ways you could think about about what the, what they did or the you know the lack of uh, activity they had. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that wanted more from the Red Sox, and I understand that because they only got one like legitimate name out of all the big big names that were being thrown out. Um, but you know, the Red Sox—they're a team that they have Chris Sale coming back from the IL. We might not know what he's going to look like, but you know, at least having that presence in your rotation is going to be better than the alternatives. You know, personally, I'd rather see uh, maybe not 100% healthy Chris Sale out there than Martin Perez. Personally, I'm sure you—I'm sure you feel the same way, Chris. Yeah. They also have Tanner Houck, who's been in the rotation. So I think Heim Bloom went with, the, went with the mindset that a lot of our additions are internal. Right, you know, yeah. Tanner Houck's been strong. Chris Sale's going to come back. And then you have Kyle Schwarber coming in, which you gave up Aldo Ramirez, uh, I believe their 19 prospect on MLB.com. Yep. You got uh, Hansel Robles from the... Was he on the Twins? Yeah, he, he was on the Twins. Yeah, he was on the Twins. And then you also traded Michael Chavis to the Pirates. Yeah, uh, you want to get into your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the Kyle Schwarber deal, it it, it does well uh, in in my head, especially. I didn't think of the idea of putting him at first base, but I mean that would uh, that would work out a lot because I I would imagine, Reds like the Red Sox first base production this year just would rank uh, among among the worst. That and Schwarber's kind of been a defensive liability in the outfield for yeah. years on end now. So, you know, it can't, it can't hurt to at least try him at first. And, we'll, you know, whatever happens, happens. Exactly. And when you, you don't want to mess with a pretty good uh, defensive outfield with Verdugo, Hernandez, and Renfro. And that, mm-hmm. you know, interchanges with yeah, a couple Verdugo other guys. Verdugo could be a little better, but, you know, he's still a work in progress. He's still very young. Yeah. Schwarber's ex- much more established in the league. Fourth percentile in outs above average this year. Fourth percentile. Last year in third percentile in 2019, fourth percentile in 2018, fourth percentile in 2017, 2016 didn't play, and 2015 he didn't qualify, obviously. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, this, yeah, this you're not getting a very good defensive outfielder. There's no other, like I said, it doesn't hurt to try him at first. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, with the Red Sox, I would have liked, I would have liked one arm. <laughs> I would have liked the next. Whether it be a bullpen guy or a starter, I th- yeah, actually that wasn't know, Hansel Robles, yeah, yeah, because I, I would yeah I would have liked another like a quality bullpen arm possibly maybe like a, a Daniel Hudson type. Um, one thing I will say is that Kyle Schwarber uh, struggled against fastballs before the crackdown, and since the and since the crackdown, he was one of the hottest hitters in the league before he got hurt. So I have a theory. I mean, there's definitely theories out there that like. You know he's he's gonna be a much better player without pitchers using sticky stuff. He played eleven games, had a twelve seventy OPS. Oh, that was pretty good. Uh, I believe. What is his injury status? When is he coming back? Let me check that. Yeah, uh, I think he's supposed to come back in a week and a half or something like that. That's not bad. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's very good for the Red Sox. And yeah, he is someone who you know does lift the ball. So mm-hmm. if the balls, if the ball is spinning more, it's dropping less so uh you know it goes over his bat but uh yeah i mean uh it's a good it's a good move it is yeah, it's a it's good, a good move. move i know i think i can understand people wanting more out of out of Heim bloom but you know i think i still am happy with it you know i'm content i'm content i think that's the right word I'm yeah not, i'm not happy but i'm like not upset like it's you know what like they they did what they could 
they didn't overpay for anything, and they, you know, they got a, they got a bat. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, Red Sox fans might be a little disappointed they didn't go out and get someone big. This is under this, you know, I guess you would call it administration of Heim Bloom. Uh, I, I don't really expect the the big the big moves, at least in a trade uh, in a trade yeah. sense. I would expect big free agent signings because. You know we the have money. the we have the flexibility to do to do that uh, in Boston, but uh, yeah, you know trading someone like you know Blaze Jordan or mm-hmm. Tristan Cassis, uh, you know it it might not uh, roll with the Boston organization or the the Bloom way of uh, doing things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's the Red Sox. Not a lot. Not a lot there. Uh, the Rays kind of, they pretty much made all their moves yeah, prior. We already went over Nelson Cruz, and then from there they also, uh, what did they do? They um, they traded Diego Castillo to the... Uh, the to I the actually Rangers. looked into this. It's very confusing. Yeah, I was confused too. But they got, they got uh, former, how about that, JT Chazois. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, J, yeah, and... I was I was looking and I was like, oh, maybe the Rays are like cutting some salary. Maybe they're trying to get a younger guy. Diego Castillo makes less money than JT Chajwa, and he also is younger by three years than this guy. It's so I don't. Uh, well, they got other people too in that deal, right? Possibly. Am I? You know. Let me see. If it was straight up, then yeah, I don't. No, it definitely wasn't straight up. Um, yeah, but it, it was certainly a little confusing. Yeah, the Mariners acquired Gio Castillo for JT Chajois and third baseman Austin Shenton, who, let's see, uh, I don't have any numbers on him right now. Oh, he's a 17th-ranked prospect in the Seattle farm system. So I guess they did get a little something, but it is still very weird. I mean, like, that's part of the, that's one of the more established guys in Kevin Cash's stable of bullpen arms that can throw 95-plus with movement. Yeah, exactly. It, it... But, uh... It's weird, and yeah, he's an established guy in the bullpen. He's been there a few years. He was, you know, he had a two seven two ERA, and he was fourteen for sixteen in save opportunities. He was someone who could do it in the ninth. Uh, and yeah, tough, tough to uh, see that from a race perspective. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know to what else to think about it. Um, now to one of the more act, you know, probably top two most active teams this team might have had some of the best this team might have had one of the best trade deadlines i'll say it yeah yeah the new york yankees Mm -hmm. uh they went out they acquired joey gallo and they acquired anthony rizzo and uh i mean they ended up trading off uh luis sessa and justin wilson but that wasn't that that wasn't that big of a deal that was i think for me that my mindset was that that was setting up for a bigger deal because like mm-hmm. i mean when do you see a team just trade two major league players regardless of how good they are when do you see a team trade two major league players for a player to be named later that doesn't happen yeah it doesn't it does so that was a little odd certainly uh, i knew it had to have been setting up for something bigger and it was joey gallo uh anthony rizzo both coming in i think the biggest prospect they gave up was a number nine in their farm system and that was for rizzo uh but they gave up i believe Four prospects to the Rangers for Gallo, and I think two or three to the to the Cubs for Rizzo. Yeah, the, the and the uh, prospects they gave up were, I mean, in the Gallo trade, they did not give up anyone above number fourteen in their system. Yeah. So. And yeah, nine and twelve for, for Rizzo. 
They gave up. They gave. You could argue they gave up more for a, for two months of Rizzo than they did for a year and two months of Gallo. Yeah, there's a there's a solid argument That's there. That's very crazy. I mean, they gave up more. I think the Rangers were just looking for quantity, not quality. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely looking for quality, but they got quantity. Yeah, and when you don't ha- when you don't have a deep team in general, I, mm-hmm. I understand that yeah. you're. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's bad for the Rangers because, yeah, like no. you said, they don't have any team depth. One thing I mentioned before the season is that they had very few trade assets for a team that didn't have that strong of a farm system and was also just not good at baseball. Yeah. So you do need to get a decent haul of prospects, regardless of how good they are. You need to get, you know, they're all in the, they're all professional baseball players. They can all play really well. Yeah. And uh, you know, you just gotta hope that one of them hits for sure. Yeah. You. Yeah. You. Uh, you know. You need. You need spaces to fill on that on that diamond. There's nine. There's nine spaces. So. Mm-hmm. You have to get all of them, and yeah, uh, on to yeah the with the Yankees. You know, you have two left-handed bats now. Um, Gallo, I mean, in that ballpark should do well. I mean, oh, yeah. I, but I don't know if he he doesn't really need the Yankees. Like, I feel like everything's going over every right field wall Feels if he gets like a hold of one. Yeah. Uh, so he's gonna hit the he's gonna hit the subway behind Yankee Stadium. Yeah, <laughs> he's gonna hit. You know, if I. If I could think of a specific subway system, you know, yeah. not a New Yorker, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it. The Yankees lineup is is scary. It's very yeah. It's it's like all, it got it got so much more difficult to face within the span of twenty four to forty eight hours or however long it was. Yeah, and it's it's a pretty big deal because I mean, has Aaron Judge come back yet? Yeah, he has. Okay, so yeah, you got Judge back. But, you know, LeMahieu hasn't been the same, Urshela hasn't been the same, Glaber Torres hasn't been the mm-hmm. same. So mm-hmm. it was very necessary to get reinforcement, and uh, and they got it. And, I, you know, hopefully yeah. for them, it uh, puts them in a better position to I saw a lot the playoffs. Of, yeah, I saw a lot of tweets about how the Yankees are doing all this to miss the playoffs. Like, you can't be so sure of that now. I know that they are, I know that they have been disappointing this year because the reality is they are World Series or bust, and we're talking about if they're going to make the playoffs or not. Mm-hmm. They're only two and a half games out, Chris. Yeah, like abs- they could absolutely make the playoffs. And yeah, I mean, we've seen plenty of times at trade deadlines. Um, the, the, one, the Blue Jays were seven games back of the Yankees in 2015 when they got uh, Troy Tulowitzki and David Price. Yeah, reinforcements by like mid-August. Reinforcements can give a, a clubhouse a brand new energy, hundred percent, and you know really leapfrog them into a, a race where it didn't seem they were that competitive. Mm-hmm. And we've we've seen that a few times. We have. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's the Yankees. You know, we're we're kind of we're kind of firing through here. So we gotta we gotta go like five minutes or less on each team. If yeah, that, maybe three minutes or less. Yeah, it, I would I would agree there. Um, and Nico will, will talk about the Cubs' perspective on that. Yeah. Uh, on the Rizzo trade, at least. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So Blue what? Jays. Blue Jays. Yes. Holy big. Cow. Holy cow! Big, big stuff going on. Uh, I think the Blue Jays inflated the rest of the market for everybody else. Very true. Uh, they traded. So first of all, I mean they they made a couple, couple deals. The big one is that they traded the number sixteen prospect in baseball, according to MLB.com, and the number sixty eight overall prospect, Austin Martin and Simeon Woods Richardson, shortstop slash outfielder and a right handed pitcher for a year and two months of Jose Barrios. Yeah, it's wow. something. It's, I mean, you know, good for the Blue Jays for getting pitching. You know, I suggested a different Twins pitcher for the team, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, they were going big, and I, I respect them for that, but, man, 
does this feel like an overpay? Yeah, it, it does. And when you when you make a deal like this, if you don't come out of spring training 2022 with an extension for Jose Barrios, mm-hmm. uh, you're you're, shoot, you're shooting yourselves in the foot there mm-hmm. because this, you know, this is not the type of move you make for a for you know eight months of a guy. You you make this move to, you know, have a a franchise type pitcher, which you know Barrios hasn't shown really that he is yet but i think he has the potential to he's he's still 27 years old and and pitchers age differently than position players Mm -hmm. so he could surely you know become an elite pitcher but you know this is you you need to extend him at the end of spring training and there's a lot of talk about how like we shouldn't treat every prospect like barry bonds because the reality is that a lot of them don't work out and that definitely is true to an extent but austin martin is a guy who just started playing minor league baseball this year was projected to go number one, first round number two overall in his draft class, and already is the 16th best prospect in baseball according to MLB.com. Like, if there's one guy you don't want to mess with, it should be him, and they messed with him. So, he's going to Minnesota. They did an incredible job, and we'll get more into it later. But uh, do you have anything more before we get into the other trades that they made? Um, yeah, no, not not particularly. The, okay. Did the Blue Jays make a lot of other deals? They got Brad Hand. From the Nationals. Yep, I forgot about and that. And they got Joaquin Soria from the Diamondbacks, and that was about it. Yeah. They just got a couple bullpen arms, nothing too major. It's, I think Brad Hand is kind of overrated. Yeah, it's interesting to get a, you know guys like Hand and Soria in. You know, I don't think those mm-hmm. guys are under control through mm-hmm. 2022. And the Blue Jays, I think they're not really... I mean, they, you know, if they had a crazy run, they would be able mm-hmm. to make the playoffs this year. It's not completely out of sight, but... It's mostly it's mostly out of sight, so I it's it's kind of weird to make a decision like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you understand a Barrios deal more because of the twenty twenty two implications, but yeah, I mean, hands hand is also a, a volcano. Yep, he's <laughs> always been a volcano. Yeah, he, he's re- gonna blow. Ready to blow. Um, That's about I think it for the Blue Jays, right? All right, now to the Orioles. Uh, All right, and now to the (laughs) White Sox. No, we're not going to get into the White Sox. But Uh, the the Orioles, the Orioles traded Freddie Galvis to the Phillies, and they traded Sean Armstrong to the Rays for cash considerations. All right, so now on to the (laughs) Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, Cleveland. Yeah, they had a. First of all, they traded. uh, They traded Cesar Hernandez to the. White Sox, that basically says that they are conceding the division. Correct. Like, yeah. that, like you can't trade. Like, you're in second place, and you traded an asset to a team, to the team ahead of you in the standings. Like, you don't do that and say, <laughs> we're trying to win the division. Yeah, exactly. When we, uh, when we addressed Cleveland for the trade deadline breakdowns, we had no idea what to say, and mm-hmm. after this trade deadline, I know exactly why. Yeah, because it, it, you know who predicts a Cesar Hernandez trade to to the White Sox. The White Sox, yeah. They also traded Jordan Luplo to the Rays. There go, there goes one of my players to watch in twenty twenty, and they traded uh, Phil Mon to the Astros for Miles Straw. Got an outfielder. And they also traded Eddie Rosario uh, to the Braves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They did. That was that was what a deal. They traded Eddie Rosario to the Braves straight up for Pablo Sandoval. Then they immediately released Pablo Sandoval. Yeah. They. <laughs> yeah. It was a. It was a. Blatant <laughs> salary dump. Yeah. But it was just funny in the way that it happened. Yeah. It's it's pretty funny. The Cleveland's pretty interesting at uh, this point. I'm surprised they did not trade Jose Ramirez. There was not even any like rumors about him. Yeah. I, I mean, believe he's, is he a free agent after this year? No, he's got options no, he sure through is. 2023. Oh, okay. It says he is on baseball reference, but okay. 
Interesting. So maybe maybe that deal happens in the off season. Yeah, it, I'm surprised they didn't even like talk to anybody. There was nothing about Jose Ramirez and rumors. Yeah, no, I think they. Uh, yeah, I think I think his his name. Remember when? Yeah, I remember Kluber the off season before he was the off season before the off season before he was traded. Mm-hmm. He uh, there were like rumors around his name. So I feel like this off season we get rumors about Ramirez being traded, and then like the next off season. Interesting. Uh, before Not even the next trade deadline. I mean, well, I mean, it does depend on how bad the that Cleveland, the, yeah, as the, as they will be next yeah. year. It will depend on how bad the Guardians are, yep. um, because yeah, they're not in the same situation as they were 2018, mm-hmm. 2019, mm-hmm. competing for playoff spots, uh, unless something uh, changes. So yeah, maybe maybe he can be a trade deadline deal yep. next year, or the year after. Yep. Um, Anyway, on to the uh, the third t- Detroit, uh, Detroit Tigers. Yeah. They made one trade. They traded Daniel Norris to the Brewers for Reese Olsen, who uh, was a 13th round pick in the 2018 draft. He's currently in high A in the Brewers system, according to MLB.com. Uh, I don't know. Well, I mean, what do you really want to say about this? Like, I think the Tigers have a very young team, so I can understand why they didn't fire sell. Yeah. Certainly. I mean, I think maybe they could have done a little more. Maybe try to get Matthew Boyd out of there. Maybe try to get Michael Fulmer out of there. Maybe Jonathan Scope. Yeah. Um, I would I would say, like, well, this they have... After this deadline, I, I we know how much faith they have in mm-hmm. a 2022 team because I think both Scope and Grossman are, uh, th- are uh, under contract through next year, and those would have been their two most attractive yeah. sales. Uh, as you as you might as you might say, so um, they they held on to everybody uh, outside of Daniel Norris. So you know they have some some hopes for uh, next year, which is I mean optimistic to see from a Tigers perspective. Yeah. Um, all right, the Royals. The Royals. Yeah. Uh, they they traded Danny Duffy to the Dodgers. That one's pretty emotional. I know. I think a lot of people were hoping he could be a Royal for life. That's not going to happen. They traded him for a player to be named later in cash. Or no, they traded him and cash considerations for a player to be named later. Yeah, uh, yeah. Duffy's been there since 2012, 2013, yeah, or something like he's that. He's probably yeah, yeah. He is. Um, then they also traded Jorge Soler to the Braves for Casey Kalish, who is Atlanta's number 21 prospect. He has a 3.26 ERA in 20 relief appearances in High A. Uh, according to MLB.com. All stats here are according to MLB.com. So yep. that's pretty good. Uh, Solaire was in a pretty decent slump this entire year. He was a slightly alarming, but uh, he he picked things up in the second half a little bit. So yep. you know, the Braves, we'll talk a little bit more about them. But um, I want to talk about the Royals real quick. Obviously we are, but have you ever seen a bigger mishandling of a situation than you do have with Whit Merrifield? Um, for, the- for, from Kansas City's side, at least. Like they, he's question. been showing some steady signs of declining since 2019, and he also is in a pretty deep slump right now. And honestly, I think they should have traded him years ago. He's still there. Yeah, I mean, uh, when when did they sign that extension? It was between 2018 and 19. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they were competing at that point, so you wonder yeah. like why they signed the extension in the first place. And mm-hmm. yeah, he ha- he probably had his most value, and you know. Even though he plays like a, a younger guy, you know he's thirty two years old at this point as yeah. as someone who's a second baseman and outfielder. So 
That's yeah. They've already messed up with him, and they did it even more in this trade deadline. Yeah, and you know it wasn't like you know his name was out there much. I think the Mariners. The Mariners were, were like rumored to be looking in on him. Nothing was being finalized or anything. It was just yeah, they're looking, and then they probably realized that his value is declining, so they said no. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, it's it's interesting. They they could have gotten a little a little something out of out of Merrifield, but. Yeah. Uh, also, Carlos Santana as well. They didn't trade him. That was interesting to me. Yeah, weird. He's on a one-year deal. It, I, I no, I think he's uh, I think he's on a two-year. Oh, okay. Well, do they expect to be competitive next year? I, if if uh, from a, I wouldn't expect that. I but, <laughs> but yeah. If they do, then I want whatever they're on. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's uh, yeah, it's tough. I, yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what they're doing with the Santana either. Maybe they're. Asking prices were a little, a little too high. Probably. But, yeah, what can, what can you do? Um, and now onto the last place. Uh, I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting. Twins. The twins. The oh twins. yeah. Uh, they. I have very mixed feelings because obviously they did an incredible job with the Barrios trade, mm-hmm. but it still feels like they could have done more. Like Byron Buxton declined an extension. They did not trade him, and he's got the same amount of control as Barrios. He's a he's a better talent. I'd say the only thing holding him back from getting that kind of return yeah. would be his injury history. Exactly. But you could have gotten another good haul for him. They didn't trade Josh Donaldson. They didn't trade Michael Pineda. I yeah. feel like, I just feel like they could have done more, but they did do an incredible job with what they what they did accomplish. Yeah, and they had they had that incredible, you know, blockbuster J.A. Yeah. Hap for John Gant. It was uh, <laughs> that was the most pointless deal of the entire deadline. It, it made no, it made zero sense. Uh, but you know, we'll see. We'll see about it. Yeah, to, we also traded Hansel Robles, like we mentioned earlier, and then we already mentioned Nelson Cruz on our previous show. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the Buxton thing was weird to me because mm-hmm. I remember uh, reading a. Uh, an article from our pal Jeff Passan, yep. uh, where he was talking about, you know, questions for the trade deadline, talking about Buxton, and he was saying like asking price is going to be really high. And I was thinking if I'm a if I'm a buyer, and the asking price for Buxton is high, no way I, am I taking yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's valid with uh, with his injury history. So maybe the they, they were asking for way too much for for Buxton. I, I mean, a, after a Barrios deal like that. <laughs> Yeah, I would understand why they would have a high asking price, but I mean, the guys had, you know, the guy had a great twenty-seven games this year, mm-hmm. but uh, you can't rely on that have, you know, being a repeated success and him also being healthy. All right, AL West, AL West, uh, the Astros. I think the Astros did exactly what they needed to do. Yeah, they do. All they they made three trades. They were all centered around relief pitching. Yep. They they acquired Phil Martin from the Guardians, like we mentioned. They got. Uh, Yimi Garcia from the Marlins. Yeah, I, I like that pickup. I believe he was one of my players to watch. Um, or no, no, he wasn't. That was someone else. Um, but, but anyway, they got Yimi Garcia from the Marlins. That was a strong trade. And then they got Kendall Graveman and Rafael Montero from the Mariners. Uh, I want to save that trade until the next, uh, till the for the Mariners' perspective. But yeah, I mean, yeah, all, all you really need to say is they they knew their weakness and they strengthened it as much as they could. Yeah, this was like the thing where we talked about, uh, you know, what they should do at the trade deadline, and they did pretty much exactly what what mm-hmm. we uh, what they said yeah, they should get do. Get bullpen. Get bullpen help. I think that 
at the time we were talking about them, they had the worst bullpen ERA out of the division leaders, which, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's skewed a little bit. But uh, that was clearly something they needed to... Uh, it, was, it was the thing they most needed to fix because they have a ter- very talented roster outside of that. Uh, all right, the Oakland Athletics. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> they got... Yeah, that was not great. Um, well, they got Andrew Chapin. From the Cubs, yeah, they did, and they, they got Jan Gomes. They got Josh Harrison. Yeah, and uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing they, bad happened. They they got a, a slumping Sterling Marte. I mean, he's in a slump. I'm sure yeah. that he didn't, you know, cost much. No, Probably like no, a number no. fifteen prospect no. in the organization or something like that. I would hope not. Uh, yeah, the the A's traded uh, Jesus Lazardo, who you know, before he came up, he was you know, like a top 15 prospect in, in all of baseball. He had a decent 2020, uh, unlike most of us. Yeah. But <laughs> but uh, struggling this year, but he's also, I think, 23 or 24 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, quality lefty arm, but uh, they let go of him. And, uh, you know, the Marlins the Marlins now have Jesus Lazar. What are, what are your takeaways from, from this trade? My takeaway from this trade is that the A's are really, really desperate, and they're going for it this year. It, like, whenever the A's, we were talking about it on, on like, the if you're going to give up period. that for if you're going to give up that for Starling Marte, why not just trade for Trevor Story at that point? Like, if you're giving up Lazardo, just get someone better than Starling Marte because they're out there. Yeah, and Marte, Marte's, you know, he's not making Story money, but he's making a, a decent amount. No, so you know, yeah, I, I don't. It's, it's very, uh, it's very weird. I think the Rockies stri- honestly would have taken Story for Lazardo straight up. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, I, I honestly think they would have done that. Yeah, and if you're, and from a Rockies perspective, it would actually make sense. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Let me let me look at Lazardo's like spin rates because I know that the the general consensus is that pitchers with lower spin rates succeed more at Coors Field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's Herman Marquez. Marquez, John Gray as well. Uh, Jesus Lazardo, on the other hand, he's a new Miami Marlin for the next four years. He's also, uh, we'll talk about it later. Okay, his fastball velocity is 83rd percentile and his spin is 77th. So mm-hmm. he, he rel- but you know what? If you take away the spin rate, he's still a good, uh, he's a, still a flamethrower with his fastball. He's a sinker baller as well. Uh, why, 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 Oakland? Why you do? Why do you do this? Yeah, it's, uh, it's weird, you know, because, like, this is, it's not, it's probably not their year to win the West. And I mean, it might be a thing where like they know their core is, with like Olsen and Chapman and yep. uh, the rest of everybody, like that's going to close eventually. Cam is probably a free agent soon. Yeah. Yeah. I, he might be a free agent like after this year. I'm not, I'm not sure. He is a free agent after. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Uh, but. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's kind of it's it seemed it came off as a little desperate, a yes, little desperate. That absolutely is right. Um, but maybe maybe they know something about Lazardo that the general public does not know. Uh, so we'll see we'll see about so, that. I, I think you could have done better for two months of Starling Marte. Exactly. And I, I highly doubt they're signing him to an extension. Yeah, that's that not going to happen. <laughs> that's not going to be happening. All right, the. Uh, third place team in the American League West, uh, not the Angels, but the Seattle Mariners. Seattle Mariners, right? 
Well, they uh, they revamped their bullpen. They got Diego Castillo from the Rays. And, I mean, you look up and down that bullpen, you got Kendall Graveman, JT Shajua, all these guys, and now you got Diego Castillo. It was funny because for our Instagram page, I was going to put, you know, talk. I was going to put a stat graphic about the Mariners' uh, bullpen mm-hmm. transformation, but the, the Graveman trade happened. Yep. And ruin that. Wow. Uh, what a demoralizing trade for them. Yeah. And I understand I understand what Jerry DePoto is going for with this trade, but there's a time and place, and this wasn't it. Because if you guys watched the game against the Astros on Thursday, or f- no, it wasn't Thursday. What day was it? What day did Dylan Moore hit that home run? Uh, it was on... It was on two... Was it on Monday? It was on Monday. It was Monday. Yep. It was on Monday, Dylan Moore hits that Grand Slam, thrilling win against the Astros, probably the biggest win for the franchise in 20 years. Yeah, you and that's could... not even a joke. Yeah. Brought them a game out of the playoffs, you know, everyone was rocking on all cylinders, and then Kendall Graveman, the, one of the team leaders, you know, just in the clubhouse, and one of the best ballpark arms in all of baseball, gets traded for Abraham Toro, also Joe Smith and Rafael Montero were in the trade, they don't really matter, this is mostly Kendall Graveman for Abraham Toro. Uh... And the Mariners were upset. Like if you read all the reports that came out, they were they wanted an explanation. You know, it just it looked like it felt like there was like a family death. Like when it happened, yep. like the, the clubhouse was just demoralized, and they they won their first game since it last night, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Abraham Toro has homered in two of the three games he's played. He has a seventeen forty five OPS, so that's certainly encouraging. But I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough, you know. Um, yeah, the the reports in the clubhouse were, you know, everyone was very mm-hmm. upset about it, and uh, I, one of the quotes was like, you know, Depoto's up, you know, sitting up there playing, playing fantasy, fantasy baseball, baseball yeah. and yeah, I mean, that's kind of the Depoto way. He's just been kind of playing chess mm-hmm. uh, up, but it hasn't really, you know, it's not a thing where you like. You know, you got to trust the Depoto process. It hasn't led anywhere for yeah. the Mariners yet in in his uh, seven year tenure there. So you know, if you have doubts about it, then yeah, you you kind of understand. Um, it's also, do you think Torbo symbolizes the end of Kyle Seager's tenure? Yeah, well, <laughs> who... I mean, something else would symbolize it that's happened in the last <laughs> six months. But yeah, I mean, he's a third baseman with four years of control. I don't know. Yeah, I think yeah, there's there's potential there, and yeah, I mean, uh, the thing with the Graveman deal is yeah, it it kind of it reminds me of the human part of the game, and mm-hmm. you know what builds what builds a clubhouse, you know you, and what builds winning teams also is you know it's it's cliche to mention like intangible intangibles and clubhouse mm-hmm. guys, but you know you you need a good solid foundation of team chemistry Absolutely. in order to win you know there's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh, world series winners of teams that don't really like each other um yeah you there's, can point uh, them out you can point them all I out mean, it's easy to like each other when you win a world series together certainly. yeah they also got tyler anderson from the uh the pirates yeah who's a rental at the end of the year yeah maybe traded graveman who's also maybe they signed him that was a little weird uh, but I don't know. It doesn't, yeah. I think the Mariners are, I think Jerry DePoto just doesn't believe in this year's team and he's looking to head to 2022 because, you know, a lot of people have said the Mariners run differential. They're like negative 50 something. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's kind of just like, oh, it's a fluke that they're this many games over 500. They've won that many one run games. They've won that many extra inning games with the rule. 
I think that has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. So I think this is more of a looking ahead thing. Yeah, it, it very well could be. It's just the timing of it was, yeah, it couldn't be worse. If mm-hmm. if it was a situation where the Mariners don't win that game, uh, you know, with that grand slam, they lose like eight to five. Then that trade, like no one's, re- you know, no one's that upset. It's like, you know, I, I bet the guys in the bullpen that, Oh, yeah. Sit with him or a little upset, but it's I'm like very, I'm very curious as to if they try to re-sign him this year because he seemed very devastated to be leaving that team. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, if he if he does sign back with the team, he's no, he knows he's taking a risk because he knows he's a movable movable piece, and no really? one's, everyone is uh, replaceable in the Mariners organization mm-hmm. clearly. Uh, all right, the. Angels didn't, you know. They did really nothing. They traded Andrew Heaney to the Yankees. We forgot to mention that from the Yankees. Oh, right. Um, they got Jansen Junk, who's a pretty good prospect. Uh, I've been hearing his name a lot. And then Elvis Peg- Peguero from the Yankees. Peguero. Peguero, yeah. Um, yeah. And- Andrew Heaney's been very, very inconsistent. So, I'm sure. They also traded Tony Watson to the Giants. They kind of just sold off small pieces. Nothing yeah. really too major to talk about there. Um, yeah, really, yeah. It is very interesting. I know, I know this isn't necessarily trade deadline related, but they've been kind of treading water without Trout. I know a lot of it's due to Otani, but it is, you know, you do wonder what this lineup and this team can do at full health because, you know, Heaney, like, Heaney probably just wasn't going to work out. He's been inconsistent for just a little bit too long. Yeah. Patrick Sandoval has been encouraging. Reed Detmers, their first round pick from the 2020 draft, is making his major league debut tonight on the mound. That's encouraging. And then who knows what Perry tries to do in the off season, but uh, I'd give the I'd give the Angels like an average grade at the deadline. Yeah, you know, it's not they didn't do horrible, but they didn't do amazing. Yeah, they and they didn't need to like buy for for twenty twenty one. It's just a matter of like the Angels, the moves they should be making are in the off season, but we mm-hmm. haven't really seen that in a in a pretty long time outside of. Actually, since Shohei Otani, I don't think yeah. they've done much uh, in the off season, mm-hmm. and Otani wasn't even a big thing because they they're not paying him that much. Yeah. Uh, it's just he kind of selected them, uh, and now the Texas, Texas Rangers. Rangers, yeah, big they made a couple deals, big day for the Rangers, big yeah, big deadline. So the return that they got for Joey Gallo, they got uh, Ezekiel Duran, Josh Smith, Trevor Haver, and Glenn Otto. They were all, they were number 14, 15, 23, and 28 in the Yankees system. We kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, they did a good job of getting a bunch of guys, all of them very young. Uh, the oldest, the oldest of them is 25. So I guess that one's probably the one you, you have the least amount of faith in. But, yeah. you know, these other three could rise into their system, like, without a doubt. Then the other one, I was very impressed with this trade. They traded Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy to the Philadelphia Phillies. They got Spencer Howard and two others. Yeah. We also traded a right-handed pitcher named Hans Kraus, who uh, I, some Rangers fans are upset about trading him. But, I mean, Spencer Howard, that's a guy you want. Like, that's a, it's a top-pitching prospect. You know, there's certainly a lot of potential there, especially when you have guys like Dane Dunning and Jack Leiter coming to the rotation in the next couple of years as well. Like, that's, you know, that's something that you need to watch for. That's a piece that's going to be there in the future. It's going to get some time there. Yeah, I think last year he was in. He was like a top thirty prospect in baseball. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, you you love that return from a from a Rangers perspective, and yeah, we talked about the 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 Gallo deal. You know, you you 
kind of got wanted a quantity there mm-hmm. you need to fill out the uh fill out the diamond and you know i don't think the yankees were going to give up anything i think the yankees goal was you know if we if we have to get someone we're not going to give up a, a very big piece we'll just give up a lot of yeah. uh you know mid, mid-level pieces mm-hmm. uh so you know that's kind of what the rangers had to had to settle on and yeah you know i Evidently, they ended up getting one of the top prospects yeah, uh, in baseball. Are we transitioning right to the Phillies from here, by the way? Um, I guess. I mean, you know. Oh, yeah, because, yes, because, uh, yeah, Bono's talking about the Mets. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty much just this one, right? I mean, what, they've got Freddie Galvis. We kind of already mentioned that. That's just uh, it's a guy that used to play for the Phillies, very good defensive player. Uh, offensively, not so much. They missed out on Tyler Anderson. Um, but yeah, I mean, they got, they got a starting pitcher and a relief pitcher. Yeah. Ian Kennedy, very solid. Uh, he, a little, he's a little on the, uh, wrong side of his thirties, but mm-hmm. you know, he's still been producing for the Rangers and that's what they need. Desperately need. They just need pitching like that offense as is can compete. The pitching cannot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Kyle Gibson, you know, the regression gods are, are coming after him. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can avoid it. Maybe he can't, but uh, I think we'd have to see what his regression looks like. Yeah, like he, I mean, let's be clear. Kyle Kyle Gibson is not a sub two ERA pitcher, and that's what he was in the first half. I think, think he'd be like a mid threes, not bad. Yeah, I mean that's that's your number two or three starter in that mm-hmm. in that rotation, and uh, they needed some starter depth. Maybe not someone you give up mm-hmm. Spencer Howard for. I was gonna say if you were gonna <laughs> get Spencer Howard, I would have I would have expected a little more. Yeah, uh, yeah, you need you. Need, because you didn't, you don't need the the ace. Because you got Zach Wheeler, uh, you know, Kyle, a Kyle Gibson type is, you know, what you needed. But you know, it was a very big price to pay for him, mm-hmm. for him. Uh, anything more on the Phillies? Not really. On the Phillies, no. yeah, kind of a interesting trade deadline from their perspective. Yeah. Um, the Atlanta Braves. They made a bunch of little moves, kind of. Yeah. They, they revamped their entire outfield. They got Jorge Soler. They got Al- Adam Duvall. They got Eddie Rosario. They also got Richard Rodriguez. And what else did they do? They got uh, Steve. They got Stephen Vogt, but that was a long time ago. And they also got Jack Peterson, obviously. Um, you know, they made a lot of little moves. I don't know how I really feel about them. You know, Soler, yeah, he's been very good lately, but on the year, he's been struggling. And... Uh, Richard Rodriguez has he was a how about that but he was struggling since the deadline. Eddie Rosario also a slightly alarming. Uh, the one I'd say the one of these that I really like is Adam Duvall. Mm-hmm. You know he's already established in Atlanta. He had a three. You know he played very well there last year. It's a reunion and he's yep. just a very good hitter. Yeah, exactly. Um, I liked the I kind of like the the Richard Rodriguez deal. Okay. Um, not not because it's gonna help them out much this year, but but they now they have a quality right-handed reliever for this year and the next two years after That's that. That's true. He does have some control. And yeah. They didn't have to give up. Oh, they got they gave up Bryce Wilson though. Yeah, they they gave up uh, Bryce Wilson. So I mean, it, it might take away from uh, starter depth, but mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you never. I mean, I guess you never know how healthy the Braves' rotation can be, but. Mm-hmm. When they are, it's 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 decent, but uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it would have been nice to have uh, Wilson, but I do like the fact that they have now have a, a quality right-handed reliever who can also close games out for you for yep. this year and the next uh, couple years. I think he's 
in his early 30s too so i mean he's not too old um i don't know like do you think that this Braves team can still make a run at the division because they're not making it through the wild card if they're going to make it it's going to be through the division I mean, yeah, with, with 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 the amount of injuries they have, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, that's this is what a tough like. This is my World Series pick, Chris. Yeah. What a what a weird. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't predict. Uh, you know. Can't predict baseball. Acuna, Soroka, Darno, Ian Anderson, Ian Anderson, all being on the IL. Yeah. For a very significant amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I I thought yeah, Braves. I thought Stroko was gonna come back in like May, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, that was I think that was the plan, and that sucks. Yeah, and the Braves for me was were a lock for the NL East pretty much. Uh, all right, now did to... the Nationals do anything? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th- they traded uh, Daniel Hudson. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and where do we even want to start? Let's start with uh, just let's go from like bottom to top. They traded. Uh, Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison to Oakland. Uh, they got Drew Millas, Seth Schumann, and Richard Gosh from Oakland. Uh, all of them. Uh, only one of them is ranked in the A's top thirty. Whatever. No, I mean it's it's Jan Gomes and Josh Harrison. They're both on the wrong side of thirty. Like I said, uh, they had a mega deal with the Cardinals. They traded John Lester for Lane Thomas. Yeah, I mean when yeah. you're talking about. You know the big biggest Nationals deal. I mean, it's mm-hmm. you can't go without you can't go on without saying that. Yeah, and then you obviously have Daniel Hudson, like you mentioned, going to San Diego. He was, uh, I believe, he had a one point like four FIP in the, over the last couple of months, and that was one of the best in the league. So that was, uh, yeah, he'll just turn it up randomly. Yeah, he will, he will. And then obviously the aforementioned Kyle Schwarber trade. We already mentioned the Brad Hand trade, uh, and then all right, let's just you know let's get into the big one. Yep. The Nationals traded Max Serger and Trey Turner to the Los Angeles Dodgers for Kiebert Ruiz, Josiah Gray, and then two other mid-level prospects. Uh, this is a huge haul for <laughs> two guys that should have been a huge haul. Yep. It was not a bad trade for the Nationals at all, honestly. Yeah, definitely not. And I, I mean, I, you know, it compromises them for 2022, but mm-hmm. how competitive were you going to be in 2022 anyway if you had Trey Turner? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I kind of, I kind of like it from both sides, actually. This was such a wild, like, turn of events because they were Mikhail Schwarber was hitting home runs every day. He gets hurt, uh, and Mike Brissett was thinking about buying, and then you know you get swept by Matt Harvey and the Orioles, and now your whole team is gone, and Juan Soto was just in an empty clubhouse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just him. Yeah, he's it's really just Juan Soto and like the the injured Steven Strasburg. Right, right, yeah, and I, I think the Nationals like. You know, you can't predict injuries like Strasburg's, yeah. but... Um, one thing I would like to say, Max Scherzer's Nationals tenure, I think it goes down as the greatest big free agent signing in history. Yeah. It has to, right? Yeah, we, yeah, we were talking about it last night. I don't think anything tops it. I mean, the, the only thing closest might be Manny Ramirez uh, to the to the Red Sox back in 2001. But, yeah. I mean, like... Ramirez wasn't the best like defender. I mean, sure, I think Scherzer's had more war with the. He's the most eligible placement in Nationals history. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like he's the best pitcher the franchise has ever had. He's going to be probably the first Hall of Famer to wear a Nationals cap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. And then Trey Turner, uh, he was a player to be named later. I can't. I mentioned this. No one really seemed to pick up on it. I'm very excited for every Dodgers Padres broadcast. 
on like Sunday Night Baseball where they're like, and Trey Turner used to be on the Padres. People, <laughs> yeah. don't, people don't realize that. And Max Serger also could have been on the Padres because that was where the initial reports had him going. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, it, it will be like that, and it will be extremely annoying. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. Imagine, imagine Turner and Tatis on the same team. Oh, I mean, imagine God. the complex you would have there. Yeah, they wouldn't even have. I mean, and then you got. I mean, Jake Cronin, with Adam yeah. Frazier. I mean, they would have such a loaded. They wouldn't even have needed to sign Eric Hosmer in the <laughs> yeah. first place. Yeah, yeah. That you know. Shout out to the, shout out to the non Statcast broadcast of ESPN. Yeah, shout out to Alex Rodriguez. Yep. You know, small ball. <laughs> Alex it is Rodriguez. so funny watching Alex Rodriguez talking about how much he loves bunting in small ball when he hits 696 home runs. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was trying to look at his, like, uh, how many, ISO how many times ranking. do you think A-Rod sack bunted in his career? Like, two? Yeah, maybe. Maybe in 1994 when he came up. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, I, it's... It's frustrating, but that's a topic. Uh, that's a topic for another day. Uh, so, yeah, the the Nationals uh, they made some moves. Uh, yeah. The Marlins. Uh, Woo! Shout out, yeah. Shout out to Kim Ang. What a month. Yeah. What a month for the first female GM. She gets the steal of the draft with Khalil Watson number sixteen, and then she might have gotten the steal at the deadline. Like, yeah. At least top three. Yeah, very much so. Absolute. Highway robbery from the Moneyball Oakland days. Uh, yeah, cor- correct. Uh, yeah, they got Jesus Lazardo as, as previously mentioned. A Miami native, by the way. Yeah. Or a South Florida native. South rather. Florida. Um, yeah, was I think yeah at part he, oddly enough, was from Parkland. Yeah, he went to that school. Yeah. Uh, Same with Anthony Rizzo. Yeah, I mean, sh- yeah, the Marlins. Uh, and yeah, we were talking about the Marlins have set themselves up to have you know maybe the best rotation of the of the next few years mm-hmm. uh you know out of out of uh Sixto Sanchez, Sandy Alcantara, Pablo Lopez, Jesus Lozardo and Trevor Rogers. That's I, scary. They all I have, think, they all have control as well. Yeah, they're all I think 26 I think and them, under yeah, right now. And I think all of them are except for like maybe Rogers were acquired through trade, right? Yeah, Sanchez was in the Sanchez is from Philly. Obviously Lozardo Alcantara was from the Cardinals. Oh, I didn't the, know that. He was trading the Marcelo Zuna trade. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was the best piece they Kinda, got from that That worked side. out. Yeah. Um, it was not Lewis Brinson. <laughs> <laughs> For sure not. Um, let me look at... Yeah, let me look at depth charts and see where the Marlins got uh, Pablo Lopez from. I, he might have been homegrown. But yeah, like this rotation that we're talking about and how great and how young it is, like... It's all a lot of it is through other organizations. Yeah, and I maybe it's not the hottest take because it's I'm predicting 2023. But I told you I believe uh, mm-hmm. the Marlins will have the yeah. best starter ERA in 2023. Pablo that's, Lopez came from Seattle. Uh, and Trevor uh, Rogers is the only one that's homegrown. Wow. Yeah, he was he he oddly enough he signed originally in in July of 2012. Yeah, shout out to those 2012 Mariners. <laughs> Pablo Lopez. Uh, yeah. Uh, what what trade was he in? Uh, I'm gonna look at that because I did not know because he, he was traded to the Marlins in 17. So it was relatively. Uh, you want to get into the rest of the trades? Like they traded Duvall. They traded. Yeah, they traded Adam Duvall, which yeah was was a a suggestion of ours in our mm-hmm. NL East uh, trade deadline breakdown. They traded Yimmy Garcia. 
They traded Jimmy Garcia. Uh, did not get rid of Richard Blyer, but you know you can't trade every. I was very surprised with that one. Like I thought that was like four, thirty-four years old, having a career year. I think yeah, in a, in a contract year, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, it was interesting, but. Pablo Lopez. But you know they got rid of Simber earlier in the month, and they traded <laughs> Jimmy Garcia. So Pablo Lopez and three others were traded to the Marlins in July of 2017 for David Phelps. Oh, so that man. was still that was still the Loria uh, tenure. That was still the Loria administration. Yep. Yeah. All right. So shout out to Jeffrey Loria. He he did a he did he did a good thing. Can't say yeah. that very often. Yeah, he he did he did. So that's probably it for the Marlins. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean they they did mostly everything um, they should have done. They they didn't compromise much for twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three because I think Duvall was on a one year deal or something like that. Uh, so yeah, they they uh, you know mm-hmm. I don't know I don't know what they're getting back, but I imagine it's some mid level prospects uh, for like Garcia Duvall, and then yeah, Lazardo was the was the headliner for yeah. sure. Uh, NL Central, the Brewers. The Brewers made a couple of minor moves. I think the big one was they got Eduardo Escobar from the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Yeah. This that to me has a feel of like a small trade that ends up having a much larger impact than most people would predict. You know, he's a left-handed bat. The left-handed bats are usually better off in Milwaukee in that stadium. Uh, he yep. can shoot the gaps as well. He can play a pretty good third base. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, I think, will be... And he already went deep last night. Mm-hmm. So that seems like a pretty good trade for the Brewers. I mean, they didn't give up too much. Uh, I don't believe any of them were top 30. Yeah, and there's, say. there's something about a guy going from a team like the Diamondbacks to a team that's leading the division uh, that might change yeah, his energy a little bit. 100%. Eduardo Escobar probably feels a million times better. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh the Brewers also um, this year their their third baseman ha- are twenty uh, second in F four so mm-hmm. uh, that's you know getting you know, Eduardo ninetieth yeah, percentile as above average yeah good Ed- defensive player as well Eduardo Escobar is gonna is gonna add some depth to the lineup uh, no doubt about it yeah uh, he's an OPS nearing eight hundred that's about that's I mean that's that might as well be like a a one sixty three team OPS yeah. plus for the Brewers. Yeah, so exactly. They also got John Curtis from the Marlins. And they got Daniel Norris from the Tigers. A couple of small trades, uh, but I th- I'd say the, the headliner was Escobar. Yeah, I would say yeah, uh, Escobar definitely the headliner and uh, a good pickup. And you know the, they've transformed the left side of their infield this mm-hmm. year, and uh, it it probably will uh, end up working out. It's worked out with Adamus, and it very well may work out with yeah. Escobar. Um, Who's in set? The, the Reds. Reds. Yeah, they did a very similar to the Astros. They made two notable trades, each of them for relief pitching. They got Michael Givens from the Colorado Rockies, and then they got Luis Sessa and Justin Wilson from the Yankees for a player to be named later. The Reds obviously have a very strong offense. They have a pretty good rotation, but that bullpen is not very good. And I believe all, maybe not Givens, but I believe the two Yankees guys have control. So that's pretty big as well, because I mean, yeah. you put, you know, you get Lucas Sims and T.J. Antone back from the injury list. Uh, Amir Garrett's been throwing a lot better lately, and then you got these two guys. You got Heath Hembry, who's been pitching pretty well for them. You got a strong bullpen from the Reds coming up to go along with a nice offense and a pretty good rotation. Yeah, very much, very much so. And yeah, I think what the Reds needed to do was was get guys 
with a little more control because, mm-hmm. you know, this year, uh, probably not the year, but, you know, and I mean, I think the NL Central, you know, year by year, it's never going to be a guarantee as mm-hmm. to who's going to win that division. You know, the Brewers, I think, are overperforming a little bit this year. So I think it, it's kind of up for grabs until someone, uh, you know, pushes themselves way forward. So Red's making making some moves for, you know, the upcoming years with guys like uh, Sessa and Wilson. Oh, you got to like that. And the the Reds for the past few years, their their problem has been bullpen uh, or the bullpen. So it's pretty, pretty big of them to uh, to get some help in that department. Did exactly what they need, uh, needed to do. You know, didn't do what they needed to do. The Cardinals? The Cardinals. They got, they added to their, uh, <laughs> they added to their retirement home. Their, 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 yeah. their old timers game. Yeah, Jesus Christ. John Lester for Lane Thomas and Jay Happ for John Gant and Evan Sisk. Uh, what a brutal deadline for the Cardinals. Like, they are not going anywhere this year, and they got two pitchers who are not going to be a part of their future. <laughs> exactly. Like, what part of that sells anything in a good way for St. Louis? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get that. Uh, yeah, you, you would assume they would... If they made a trade, it would be someone who could help out in 2022. That's literally what we said. We said, like, I said you can't sell because you just can't get Nolan Arenado and then sell. Yeah. Because he had a riff with the Rockies where they sold immediately after they committed to him. Yep. But like we said, if you're going to buy, get people who can help you going forward. They got two guys with an average age of, like, 37. Right. <laughs> Correct. It, it doesn't make sense. It makes zero sense. And they didn't give up really that much. I don't think Lane Thomas was going to amount to anything much in the majors. And John Gant, I've I've uh, expressed myself about. What a, uh, That's brutal. That's such a brutal deadline for them. Yeah, I think that's all, all that needs to be said on the mm-hmm. Cardinals. Yeah. Not, not too much analysis to go into that one. Uh, we'll be saving the Cubs for Nico. Very well. Uh, the... Oh, the pirates. pirates. The pirates. Um, they traded. Well, we already mentioned Frazier. Yep, we they talked traded, about Frazier last they episode. They traded Richard Rodriguez. Bryce Wilson was a pretty good guy to get in return. Yeah. Um, I agree. They, Michael Chavis. I hope. I as a Red Sox fan, I hope he performs well in Boston or in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. I would love to see it. Uh, they also traded Tyler Anderson, and that was. And they also traded Clay Holmes for Diego for the other Diego Castillo. From the Yankees and Hoy Park. Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize till now. He, Chavis is going back to the GM that drafted him. That's a yeah. That's but, correct. Yeah, Ben Sherrington. Wow. Um, you know, Chavis is a, a former first rounder. For those unaware, and mm-hmm. yeah, Sherrington was the Red Sox GM in 2014 when he, he was. was drafted. I don't know. Like, do you? What are your honest thoughts on the Pirates? Because I like. Do you think they could have done more, or gotten more? I mean, uh, when, when I was thinking about guys they should trade off, I was thinking of of Frazier and Rodriguez, yeah, and that was like, pretty much it. You don't trade Hayes and you don't trade Reynolds. Yeah, no. You know, we we talked, yeah, Reynolds is under control through 2025, and we were like, you're not going to give up on 2025 now. It's yeah. not going to be happening. No. You can't do that yet. Uh, so you keep those guys around, obviously. I think, yeah, I think they did exactly what they needed to, needed to do, and they didn't I, I go. I think they were, like, kind of average. They didn't, they didn't go too far. Yeah. Uh, which was good. They've had worse deadlines. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I like they didn't get crazy returns for anybody, but they they traded who they needed to trade. I don't know if they got what they needed to uh, receive. Uh, now to the final division, the Dodge or no, not no, the Dodgers, the Giants. The Giants. So the Giants. Uh, let's see. I want to skip that that one. They got Tony Watson. He's back. Yeah, he's back in San Fran for. Uh, Jose Marte, Irvin Armstrong, and Sam Selman. None of which are top 30, I don't think. I'm not seeing it. Uh, okay, let's get into the real trade. The Giants got Chris Bryant from the Cubs. They got a big name to go to counter a Dodgers trade where they got two big names. They traded their number 9 prospect and their number 30 prospect, Alexander Canario and Caleb Killian. Much better... From the Giants' perspective, a much better return than the initial reports that were saying Joey Barton and Lamont Wade Jr. Like, that's your number one prospect and your leadoff hitter yeah. gone. But now it's, you know, it's two prospects who very well could work out in Chicago, but, I mean, nothing too serious. Yeah, and it kind of, it kind of makes sense because of the rental. way— Also, yeah, rental and the way that Bryant has been trending in general. Uh, you know, he, he was, you know, he was, I believe— the first freeze over mm-hmm. on uh, above replacement radio. I mean, I, I guess, I guess he's turned it up as of late. I'm trying to go to like, you know, different time frames. But I mean, yeah, all overall good pickup with the you know the fact that the Giants, uh, you know, uh, Evan Longoria is still in the IL, so yep. you never know, um, and you know, you never know imagine if he's going to come context, back the same. Imagine any contact where Evan Longoria is getting replaced by Chris Bryant. Who'd have ever thought? Uh, well, because of the what age difference? Well, ju- well, no, just yeah. It's yeah. like it's like you know you have. Imagine just the team having Evan Longoria go down. It's like let's just get Chris Bryant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Yeah, like you would expect a team that with Evan Longoria to not be. Uh... This is the best division race in baseball, and it's not even close. Yeah, the giant like the Giants, obviously. They needed to counter the Dodgers and Padres because one of them got Adam Frazier, one of them got Max Serger and Trey Turner, and they, they made a big splash of their own, and good for them. Good for Farhan Zaidi. Um, yeah, very, very good for them. And, yeah, that happened after the after the Scherzer and Turner deal. That's right. Um, I'm trying to look, uh, trying to see if what Chris Bryant would be able to do at Oracle Park because I'm, I'm looking at uh, expected home runs by Park 2021. Yep. Uh, this year he, well, I should look at. He has 18 home runs this year, 15 expected if every game was played at Oracle Park. So I mean, not not that not much. Great, but I mean, still, not that like, much of a difference though. Still, if you're the Giants, like this makes you a better team. There's no absolutely. doubt about that, regardless of the expected home runs. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's gonna be getting extra base hits. Mm-hmm. Uh, no Triple problem. Triple alley. Yeah, exactly. There's nice gaps from there. Yeah, it's a you know it makes you better, especially with your third baseman currently on the IL, and you know he's mm-hmm. going to be put when Longoria comes back. Bryant's in the outfield probably. Yep. Uh, as he's showing some some versatility this year, uh, the Dodgers. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, you can't say they don't go for it. No, you can <laughs> never. They're. Yeah, I'll let you start. They're, I mean, so, I, I mean, where do you, where, 
where do you even start? Now you have Max Scherzer. I mean, it's kind of your replacement for Trevor Bauer, I guess. I guess you can look at Replace, it from that. A, you, know, you had your Cy Young winner go down the aisle. Let's go get a three-time Cy Young <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah, let's get a guy who also has a, a nice sub-three ERA. Uh, yeah, he's... You have Max Scherzer. I mean, it's pretty obvious to, to say what type of impact. You know, he's obviously an awesome pitcher and has great postseason experience as well, which is what you know you like to have from a for, with the Dodgers and Trey Turner Trey Turner is a little more interesting with me because you know you, Corey Seager just came back mm-hmm. uh I, I guess Turner might be playing second base probably their infield is going to be Muncie Turner and then Seager Turner that's uh oh my god yeah yep that's true mm-hmm. that's true mm-hmm. uh and then Betts and Bellinger in the outfield Chris Taylor or AJ Pollock and then Will Smith catching and then you know Kershaw, Bueller, Serger. Yeah, it makes the top of your rotation. It makes me wonder um, if the if the Dodgers try to extend Turner next spring training. Uh, yeah, I think they should. Because I don't think they keep Seager around, considering you know they considering don't. Wanna, you have Turner now. Yeah, considering they they don't want to have two shortstops, uh, two great shortstops on the same team for for a year in in twenty twenty two. You don't want to have that overlap. Yeah. So yeah, what a, what a deal. I mean, I, I I suggested going out and getting Serger, and I did not expect him to get Turner as well. Yeah, no, like we were talking about Turner, we were floating around Turner's name mm-hmm. uh, earlier uh, when we did the trade deadline breakdown, and we were like, yeah, but he'll probably <clears throat> he'll probably stay. He'll probably stay. Yeah, that was before they got swept by the Orioles. Yeah, <laughs> that was before. Yeah, that was pre, that was a B B O S before <laughs> Orioles sweep. Yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, so the Nationals decided to to dump Turner, and I mean, it's it's hard to analyze it because it's like this makes them so it just automatically makes them so much better. Mm-hmm. There, there's almost no explanation because they're they're both of them are just uh, are just so good. Uh, all right. Do we want to get into the, the Padres? Padres? Uh, they didn't do anything. We obviously went over Frazier already. The only things they did other than that are they traded for Jake Marisnik. Uh, that disgraced <laughs> the baseball. And they traded for Daniel <laughs> Hudson. Uh, they didn't do anything too major, but, I mean, they already have a lot of star power anyway. Exactly. Like They, they became a better team. Daniel Hudson's a great pitcher out of the bullpen. I don't believe they gave any up anything too big. They gave up Anderson Espinosa. For Jake Marusnik, formerly a top fifty prospect in baseball, but he's had a lot of setbacks, unfortunately. Uh, that's not bad for the Cubs, but Jake Marusnik, I'm assuming that's got to be like a depth move, right? I mean, there's no way he's in that starting rotation come October. Yeah. Or that starting lineup, rather. Yeah, no way. Uh, lo- looking back, I'm thinking like, luckily for the Padres, they ended up getting Frazier because if yeah. if they didn't get Frazier, it's it's kind of a empty deadline for them. Mm-hmm. Um. But, you know, they were close to acquiring Scherzer, uh, according to Ken Rosenthal. But yeah. that did not, that ended up uh, falling through. And it's like, I think from a Padres perspective, I mean, you've made so many transactions in the past, uh, I guess, 12 months. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you've made so many transactions in the last 12 months or so that, you know, you kind of have to work with what you have for, for the rest of this year and then, you know, focus on the offseason when that comes. Uh, but, yeah, I think, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Padres av- average trade deadline, I guess you could say. Uh, all right, and the uh, Rock. Oh my God, the Rockies. Anything more on the Rockies? Uh, they are the Rockies. They had the All Star <laughs> game. This this is the worst organization in baseball, and it's not even close. Yeah, I think you they... knew you knew they were going to mess it up somehow, and they messed it up even more than you could have ever imagined. Yep, I agree, I agree with everything. <laughs> they they traded they traded Michael Givens. Whoop de doo! You you gave him to the Reds for nothing. Exactly. Who cares? Uh, I want to read to you what I wrote about uh, about the Rockies preseason. Yeah, let's, let's take a let's take a I, listen. I, wanna, you know, I could have sworn. I thought one thing was certain about the Rockies, and I'm I'm right in in a sense, but not exactly what I was thinking. So I said, uh, assuming they decide they officially want to start rebuilding during the season, the clear player to watch on offense is Trevor Story. Story has consistently been one of the best shortstops in baseball since 2016 in his debut, and he is entering a contract year. He is bound to get traded by the time August rolls around. Nah. <laughs> nah, he's still there. He's still sitting around in Colorado. Yeah. He's The guy's in, what, like age 26, 27 season, something like that. Yep. He could be playing for a World Series contender right now. Nah, he's still just sitting there in Colorado. Yeah. The Rockies could have a good prospect haul for him and, you know, focus on building the team of the future. Nah, they still have him. Yeah, and there weren't even really any names attached to Trevor nope. Story. No, it w- nothing happened. It was not a thing where, you know, they. It wasn't like a, a Robbie Ray thing where, you know, the asking price was too, too high. Too high back back in like 2019, where the asking price was too high, and it was like, ah, uh, well, they're just not gonna trade him. No, no, <laughs> no. They just did. not only did they not trade him, they didn't trade, Herman Marquez. They didn't trade Daniel Bard. They didn't trade John Gray. John Gray. They were, they were talking about extending John Gray. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, good for them for trying to lock up one of their guys, but, like, do you really think you're competing in the next, like, five years? Yeah, but you gotta make up your mind. That's It's mind-boggling that they just sat there. Yeah, just twi- twiddling thumbs. They did nothing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I truly, they are the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, it's like you know that meme where it's like watch this he's about to do something really stupid (laughs) it's like watch that he's about to not trade trevor story exactly exactly it's uh yeah it's it's quite quite ridiculous what happened there it like it it just uh it just doesn't make any sense they had the worst deadline in the majors and it's not even a discussion there were plenty of teams that would have wanted trevor story i mean i think the yankees would be in on him unfortunately i think the a's are a little too cheap but you know it, i mean the dodgers just got a shortstop they have Corey seager <clears throat> they have Corey seager already yeah so it's not like teams don't have room for trevor story that's just uh that's just a fallacy so i mean you know i guess from a rockies perspective you know you you give him the qualifying offer and then you, and he's gonna you get not, not accept it believe it or not then yeah you get that pick yeah, and then you get you get that compensation pick in like the third, you know, the thirties or the twenties mm-hmm. of that uh, of that first round. Yeah, tough look for Colorado. Yeah, 
And uh, lastly, the Diamondbacks. Yeah. They didn't do much. They traded Joaquin Soria to the Blue Jays for a play to be made later. They traded Eduardo Escobar to the Brewers for uh, Cooper Hummel and Alberto Kirapan. Yeah. They traded uh, Stephen Vogt to the A's. That happened two weeks ago. I didn't even notice. Yeah, when we... <laughs> When we uh, when we addressed them, we were saying like you know even their most valuable assets are injured right now, so they don't have like yeah, that much this value. Is, this is just a brutal time for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, like, like they. I was talking about them in the beginning of the season, just being like the most irrelevant team and needing to find their identity. Uh, they found it at least. <laughs> like they 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 at least know who they are. Right. And now it's just on Mike Hazen to act accordingly. And I guess they did. I mean, I don't know what more could you really have asked. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, we floated around like the name Cattell Marte. He's he's been injured, so he's probably not going to get that I think, much value. I, I to tell you, I think a Marte trade happens over the off season. Yeah, I think that's I mean, very like, possible. We're in such a brutal spot right now, and Marte is probably not going to be able to replicate his 2019 ever again. He, you know, he's going to be entering his age 28 season, and he's going to be in a contract year. I think a team's going to take one year of Cattell Marte. Yeah, I think that. Ha- yeah, I think. You're, you're definitely in the right to uh, believe that's a situation that will go down. Um, yeah, I think that could happen. You know, Zach Allen's probably going to be there uh, still. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Diamondbacks did what they could, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really all on them. All right, dude. Now, uh, uh, can we talk about Bob Nightingale? Yeah. <laughs> this we talk about the gift that keeps on giving. I mean. A fake Jeff Passan didn't even look real. I had like four F's in his name, a two two N's and one S. I think it was. Yeah, probably and, like a pixelated. Uh, yeah. Pro, uh, profile. Profile. Uh, he tweeted like you know, breaking the Yankees are in a are in a trade to get Chris Bryant. You know the typical, and Bob just he just tweets out, here come the Yankees with another blockbuster move this time to get Chris Bryant. Like, what kind of did he call anyone to confirm this? Like you already what like what does he have to gain from tweeting that out from seeing it from passing? Like you're already not first. You clearly don't have any sourcing. Why don't you call someone to be like, hey, did the Yankees just trade for Chris Bryant? No. Oh, okay. It's amazing how much he he doesn't learn. It's, yeah. it's amazing how much repeated activity you get from him ever since. I'll admit it. I fell for it for a second. I was like. Because Jeff tweeted, like, at the exact same time, he was like, I did not say that. Like, do not listen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, he had Bauer. Because I have notifications on for Jeff Passan. I would have seen his tweet that said the Yankees have traded for Chris Bryant before I saw Nightingales that credited him. Yeah, right. Exactly. I, like, I didn't see that. What is he talking about? And sure enough, fake account got him. Uh, also, shout out to Mike Hawk. Uh, big debut trade deadline for the for the uh, the people's insider. Yep. Uh, but that was one of the craziest things. Like one day we're just gonna look at back and be like, there was a random insider named Mike Hawk who <laughs> actually like was a legitimately reliable source. Like he yeah. had the whole return for like several different deals before they came out. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder what contacts he has. I wonder who he is. I wonder who. Yeah, who is Mike Hawk? Yeah. Um. It's very interesting, yeah. Nightingale just—he really like ever since you told me about him, it, like he never fit. He hasn't been on one hot streak. 
never only never. cold streaks and uh it's, it's never it's never been like is if the diamondbacks were an insider yeah exactly like every time something stupid happens yeah it, it's like uh yeah Rockies, it, it's never there's never been like a six month stretch where it's like Nightingale, Nightingale hasn't really, you know, said anything stupid. The only one thing I will give him credit for is that he did predict the 2019 World Series in spring training. Oh, he had yeah. Nationals Astros. You know, that's pretty imp- impressive. It's it is impressive. But you know what? That doesn't make up for tweeting Trevor Bauer to the Mets, <laughs> tweeting Chris Bryant to the Yankees, and everything else that has happened. Like it just it keeps happening. And then he also tweeted that Shohei Otani won that round of the Home Run Derby. Yep. Like he. It's it's incredible. I, I don't yeah I don't get it. I like get very it. rarely does it just like it just keeps happening. It's like watch he'll do it again and he does it again. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. I mean, I feel like someone else is running that. Like I I think I feel like the actual Bob Nightingale just is never, trapped in a cage. Yeah, he's somewhere. he's you know. Yeah. So have him in your thoughts. All um, right, we're shout out to Joey Votto. For having nine home runs in his last seven games, seven games in a row with a home run, he is the uh, he is the second player aged thirty seven and three hundred days or older to have a home run in seven straight games. The other which uh, was Barry Bonds in two thousand four at his age of thirty nine season. We have seen a resurgence from Joey Votto, uh, pretty much reestablishing that he is in fact going to be a baseball Hall of Famer. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, very happy to see that uh, on on that uh, Bonds Votto stat. Thank you. All right, uh, are we ready to get into the guests? Yeah. All right. So uh, when we come right back, we're going to have uh, two more people talking baseball. So here we, are. here we go. All right. And we are here with two guests uh, who have already been on the program before. Uh, Nico Fasella and Bono Siddhartha. How are you guys doing today? Welcome back, boys. Welcome back. Well, um, we're doing great. Uh, it's been a little bit. Of, it's been a little bit since the what was it, the all-time draft. Yeah. But you know, we're having fun here. You know, I also I think this is worth noting that this is the first time in AR history where we've been using four people, two mics in the same room. Things yeah. might sound a little bit different than normal, but you know, last we'll time last time we were here, I I just remember just being upset with my all-time draft. So I'm happy to be act, talking about real baseball now. Yeah. As if that wasn't real baseball, but we're talking about important news. Not yeah. to spoil anything, but we're going to be doing another draft uh, at some point at in some the point. future. What do we, what do we look at? Like, do we call that like the 2020, like the, the above above replacement radio Mike Pelfrey draft? <laughs> we'll call well, it we can't name it, after, name a, it after, after a selection. A I mean, I, I, he's the centerpiece of it. But that's that's for well, food, we'll, for thought. We'll worry about it it's later. the all yeah for for those unaware it's the all mostly early 2010s but all 2010s uh, random, you know, random kind of mostly irrelevant players but relevant in our hearts people you wouldn't know until you heard the name yeah people that I barely know <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, you know we'll be we'll be writing down some some names for that but that's that's just a preview but we saved some teams if you uh, if you did not notice earlier we saved. The Chicago's because Nico likes would like to talk about the Chicago's and we have Bono, we saved Bono's team, the Mets, uh, and you know we'll have a transition in there. But first, we'll talk about the Cubs. Nico, what do you got? What do you got on these guys? Now, obviously, this is probably the craziest deadline that we've seen, you know, in our time. One hundred percent. You're talking about the Dodgers and the Nationals, how they made big upgrades. The Adam Frazier trade a little bit earlier, but the Padres really did some stuff. Same thing with the Giants. Everyone really. All contending teams really got better, but I think 
I think the Chicago's were two. I mean, you can't really call the White Sox underrated winners, but I mean, the Cubs did exactly what they were expected. You talk about how they were really hot off the jump. That's something you guys talked about a lot in the podcast, and they really cooled off. And they Theo was not scared to just shell house. Theo is not there. That's awkward. Sorry. <laughs> um, Jed Hoyer. Um, yeah, yeah, Jed Hoyer is there. Is it sad watching Rizzo leave? Yes. Is it sad? When you're looking at the 2016 Cubs World Series Game 7 lineup, Jason Hayward and Wilson Contreras are the only guys still there now. Yeah, and Jason Hayward's there because he has an albatross of a contract. Jason, Jason Hayward was a rookie. Jason Hayward is Eric Hosmer, just on a bad team. <laughs> Simple as that. I mean, yeah. not contract-wise. I know you're big on the launch angle. Yeah. Um, but the Cubs, really, I mean, they made it pretty simple. It was just... You're not going to pay these guys. You're going to go into this rebuild. We're going to see the 2010s Chicago Cubs for yeah. a couple yeah, of years. Shout out to Kristen Orfeo. But at the, at the, <laughs> yes. At the same time, though, I mean, it's kind of cool because the White Sox were always known as the crappier team in Chicago for the last, you know, up until like, what, two years ago, maybe. I would say even more recently. Now you flipped the like script. Last year. The yeah. White Sox get to pair. They get Kimbrell both in separate deals. You let go of Nick Magical, who was a top prospect, but I know again, we're, this is a, this is a stats podcast. Nick Magical, we don't want singles here. Yeah. All right. You ever heard of? I tweeted this. You ever heard of no doubles defense? Well, how about no doubles offense? Nico Horner <laughs> and Nick Madrigal in the middle infield. Nicky one bag. I also think too the Cubs after they signed Kimbrel were getting a lot of heat for how bad he was, and they turned him into something. They turned him into a, a, a decent haul. Yeah. yeah. The the Cubs the Cubs did what they were expected, which is why I loved it. Is it's is it going to be fun to watch Chicago Cubs games for the rest of the year? No. But who's not excited to see Chris Bryant on the, on the Giants? Who's not excited to see Liam Hendricks and Ke- Craig Kimbrell in the same bullpen with MVP Ryan Tapera? Yeah. yeah. I think the way, I think both Chicago teams really made out. And the one thing I haven't talked about yet, because I, we got the Mets fan right here. There's, there's a couple things that we haven't talked about yet. Well, for the Whites, for the Cubs? For the Cubs, yeah. We still missed out on Anthony Rizzo. That, well, know, yeah. Right? I mean, like, well, because the Rizzo trade, I think, was probably the least significant out of them all because yeah. Rizzo was probably the worst out of everyone that was traded probably having the worst season and they didn't but that's no, like, I mean, he has like a low 800 OPS like, but at the same time the Yankees did get someone that doesn't he went he went yard in his first game my question to you is after I mean granted he wasn't you know he didn't start his career with the Cubs but Anthony Rizzo is what Chicago really was like the Cubs mm-hmm. were Anthony Rizzo you're the GM do you really do you trade Anthony Rizzo yes or no we can go right around start with you I mean if you if we trade Anthony Rizzo, right, you get something in return, of course. And uh, with him being Anthony Rizzo, there's a solid chance that he comes back and pulls in the role of Chapman. I would like to see that. I mean, you probably weren't going to re-sign him anyway. They tried to re- they tried to structure some sort of extension before spring training. It didn't happen. Uh, so it's hard to believe they would have re-signed him then if they didn't do it the first time. Yeah, there was a there was an announcement or there was a. Some reports saying that Rizzo was not coming back to the Cubs at the end of the year. And, uh, I mean, I think their first mistake was uh, they did, were not aggressive enough in extending him uh, pre the 2021 season. So I think that was the, the, the error in their ways. And I think it was kind of inevitable that they uh, end up trading no matter how you know the fan base is going to feel about it. Now, my second question is, Rizzo was, when you talk about getting split up, you're talking about East and West Coast, like as far, almost as far as possible they could have gone. Do you think, do you think Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo could find themselves back on the same team at some point in their careers? 
Uh, they're in very different stages of their career. Anthony Rizzo's probably getting like maybe a two or three year deal in the offseason. I think Chris Bryant's getting something a lot bigger than that. So I would say probably not. Where do you expect them to go? That's I know that I just put you on the I, I mean, just put we, you I mean, on the we seat. We were just asking this question, you know, a couple couple weeks ago. Could you see Could you see Bryant sticking in San Fran? Yeah, I could. Yeah, I mean, I could like, see, see both of them sticking with their current teams. You think he wants to go back to the Yankees? I think he could. Yeah, I mean they they've kind of lost faith in in Luke Voigt at this point, oddly which is enough. also crazy. Yeah, he's oddly enough, uh, but you know he's been hurt and. You know, a guy coming back from a torn meniscus, you don't know how that's going to fare. It hasn't fared well yet. So, I mean, yeah, they, they could end up trying to extend him. They have the money, obviously. So, yeah. Now, the one trade that I haven't talked about yet, which I know we got the Mets fan right here, just because very indifferent about it, and I more on the Mets side. Talk about Javi Baez to the Mets for me a little bit. I mean... As well it's how, cool. It's cool. It's it's a it's a really cool trade. We trade away or the Mets trade away Pete Crow Armstrong. You know last year's first round pick, uh, someone that has an insanely high ceiling, but yet we don't know anything about him yet. Of course, uh, played amazing in the minors so far, but you know we, that's that's all that we have. Uh, we trade him for I don't know a very a very good defender, someone that strikes out a lot. But who knows? Maybe it's pairing. With... Uh, I'm sorry. Didn't you make that trade in the off season? I'm trying to <laughs> trying to adjust with it, uh, so you can shut up. But um, trading for pretty much Lindor's counterpart, um, or an exact copy of Lindor. I like it's. I think it's a relatively decent trade. Plus, we get Trevor Williams, who's how often do you see a, a two for one? With a prospect, with a prospect. That's being what I was gonna say. Like it's very rare to see the team that's buying give, be giving up less in quantity. I yeah. mean, we get two major league ready players. I wouldn't necessarily say Trevor Williams amazing, but you know he's below average. He's been he's been pitching better lately. And people also have to realize too. I mean, for contending teams, one one in September, obviously the Mets. If you want to keep that play, that you want to keep first, it just comes down to how much, in my opinion, how much depth you have in your in your uh, pitching. I mean. Especially come playoff time. That and the fact that at second base we've been playing Luis Guillerme. We've been playing <laughs> Jonathan VR. Two guys that are just hey, okay. And, hey, and depending on the day too. I mean, if Lindor and Baez are both playing, you know, second and short, you got two switch hitters in the middle. Um, the middle I just want to say, in Trevor Williams' last four starts, <laughs> he is uh, two and two and zero with a three point three. 3.43 ERA, 21 innings pitched, 19 strikeouts, only two walks. And, let's, and, and if, if there's any team to mention this for, it's it's the Mets, where an injury can be pulled out of anyone's ass at any time. The Mets, yeah. every year, I feel like it's almost like the Cowboys, where it's this team looks great on paper, they're going to be good, and then they're, they're just killed with injuries, which they have been this year, but they've been playing really well, and this is them fighting it, going out and getting Rich Hill, going out and getting Baez and Trevor Williams... The Mets, Mets aren't messing around, and especially I mean, also, after we just activated Cookie Carrasco. So I mean, I think you're evening out your pitching with Degrom out for the next two weeks. I think it's so now. I'm, I think it's a good just middle ground to push towards a really good rotation. I'll, I'll throw out another question now. I mean, Grant Lake said Mets are still banged up at the time. Same thing with the Braves. But the Braves got a whole new outfield. Phillies bumped up their pitching. What can we realistically see from the NL East? Like, what could like could could we see the Mets fall? Do you think the Mets stay? Like, what what can we see? I think anything can happen. 
Uh, realistically, anything can happen. Realistically, anything can happen. The Braves could step it up and make that jump. Uh, the Phillies could step it up with their new uh, pitching um, acquisition acquisitions that um, they can step it up and move to first. And the gap's only what three games. It's right? gonna be competitive. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be competitive. Yeah, I th- yeah, you got it. Yeah, I mean, we talked earlier about the Braves and like if we really see them making that jump. And I think Chris and I both said not really. Uh, yeah. No, we said. We, yeah, not yeah. We said I not think, really. I still think the Mets are the safe pick to win the division. You know, they're getting a lot of guys back from injury, and they're getting Baez and Williams in this deal. Uh, the Phillies didn't really get that much better. Like what they got, Freddie Galvis. <laughs> Freddie Galvis, what yeah. a guy. I think they just finally got like. I mean, granted, it's. And then they got Ian Kennedy and. They, they, Ian Kennedy is going to be that go-to guy in the pen, which is, I mean, we talk, I mean, you guys have talked how much about that Phillies bullpen. A good amount, a good yeah, amount. Just seeing them, just seeing them do something with the bullpen was nice. I like Atlanta's moves just because, I, like, the biggest thing that you guys mentioned was that you really didn't know which position Atlanta could go in. Uh, two of the four players that they acquired were slightly alarming. Yeah, Eddie Rosario is one of them, and who else? I just, I just more respect that even with your best player out, you're going all in. They have to. I mean, this is probably the last year of their championship window. And Freddie Freeman's gone after this year. They need to. And I would say when you combine Jorge Soler, Eddie Rosario, and Adam Duvall, you put them together, they make the three of them together make a pretty competent player. <laughs> Whether or not you want those three spots all in your lineup at one time, with uh, also like the def- the defense in the outfield. Where's Where's Jock playing now? I mean, you trade for three outfielders on the deadline. Maybe have one of them go to first. Yeah, I don't know. The The NL East is so weird. I think the Phil- actually no, you can't have one of them go to first. You have Freeman there. The Phillies are put Freeman at third. <laughs> the Phillies are like always. They've been just a weird team for since like 2018. They've just been so mm-hmm. weird, and you know you have no idea what's going to happen with them. So I. I just don't see them winning the division for whatever reason. I think the, the, Phil- the, the modern-day Philadelphia Phillies are kind of just that team that just just screams 81 and 81. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's... <laughs> they haven't even gotten there since 2011. They've been under 500 every year for, for the last two It years. just seems like their peak is like a third-place team in the East every year. Yeah. And, and, then, and then the Braves... Yeah, the, I think what the Braves and Mets is the, the Braves are not uh, what we expect them to be because of injuries... The Mets are in first place now, and they haven't even been at full potential because of their injuries. So the Mets are already in a better spot, and they're getting more guys back. While the Braves are still, you know, they've been losing guys progressively. So I think the Mets are just overall in a better position to uh, to win. They're also, you know, they're a kind of a younger, hungry. Uh, they're a hungrier team now because they don't have a lot of playoff experience, so they want to, you know, get that division. So I think the Mets are still a, a pretty clear favorite right now. Uh, to win that division. Uh, I, I know we already wrapped up Chicago, but it's kind of just threw in my head now. Go ahead. Are, uh, how does the, how much do the, the White Sox trades change your opinion? Like, is this is this a team that you can almost say is a lock for the World Series? No. I can't I can't give any team a lock for the World Series. What do you, a lock do you, to go to the World Series? Who do you think out of the AL East is like, like how far ahead does this push the White Sox? Are they, I mean, the White Sox, we've been talking all year, they just don't beat good teams. Yeah, I think the... And it's the, for a variety of reasons. The, it's not specifically the bullpen always falters. It's it's every random thing. I think the biggest team in their way out of the AL is the Astros. And, you know, their biggest prop, problem has been their bullpen. They just got, like, three relie- three relievers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they made the moves they should, but I still I, I need to see it against good teams to be convinced. And Toronto, granted, Toronto didn't make 
good moves for the future. But they clearly said we need help in the pitching department now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They got to they got to re-sign Barrios in spring training. Right. Uh and yeah, White White Sox, I mean, I think that the AL I, the playoffs are going to be very interesting. It will tell us a lot cuz you don't know the legitimacy of like, you know, the Red Sox. You don't know that much the legitimacy of the White Sox either. Yeah, how much how much playoff experience is on that Chicago team? I mean, Lance Lynn with the Cardinals way back when, but yeah, I mean, a lot outside of, their of the stars three, haven't. out of the th- outside of the three games last year, and also the playoffs last year were weird because there was no crowd. Yeah, there wasn't that wasn't playoff experience. Yeah, that wasn't really playoff experience uh, there. So yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. I think the Astros have the biggest advantage when it comes to playoff experience, at least in that lineup. Yeah. Um. So I think they have the advantage there, but you know. The White Sox were both, we both had the White Sox preseason in the World Series, so yeah, they definitely, you know, and they're only getting guys back with, with Jimenez and, and uh, Robert, so I think it helps them yeah, out. Eloy. It's kind of like Eloy. the Mets. It's kind of like the Mets. A lot of not, not much playoff experience, a lot of question marks, a lot of health issues, but... Yeah, and I, you know, I think the White Sox have a, a more talented roster, so I'm not saying Sorry, that, I'm not Five. saying that they're not going to make the World Series, but... I'm not saying uh, that they will for sure make the World Series, but you know I think there's a strong possibility there. Uh, but I think the Astros also have a very good shot. All right, do we want to get Let's into uh, the the first? You know, AR. We mentioned it before. AR history. I'm so ready for this. First first guest. How about that? And slightly alarming. I feel I feel very honored. Do you feel? Do you feel like? I mean, you're sitting in the high chair right now. How does How does it feel? I, I'm I'm proud to be here. Um, who would have thought that some some kid from from Connecticut would be in this in this seat today. Um, another kid from Connecticut would be. I like these guys. Yeah, three out of the four of us are from Connecticut. A um, little background on Bono. His his specialties lie with MLB the Show. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, and and the Mets and um, basketball and good thing. Yeah, we're gonna talk some basketball, and football, and soccer too. Um, music. Are you, are, you gonna, music. Are you gonna plug the podcast? Oh so, yeah. Uh, go ahead. At the end, we can do that. Then. Right. Okay. By the way, I think I think we should go random number generator to, to pick the order. I think here. it's fantastic. All right, yeah. you got you got that over there. And it's on. It's it's live right now. Like whatever so, happens, happens. So okay, Bono, okay, so Bono's Bono one. one I'm two, still around the table. Three. Yeah. Nick Chris is three. Nico is four. Okay. All right. All right. We're going one through four. And what do we got? Four, Nico. All right, and we'll just wrap around that. I'll go me, Chris, Dan, yeah. Bono. Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right. So how about that first? Wait, Chris, you got to do the intro to the segment. All right, so for our July thir- Friday, July 31st, or no, Saturday, July. Yeah, it's Saturday, right? <laughs> the Saturday, July 31st, 2021 edition of... How about that? What do you have for us today, Nico? I'm sorry, just so surreal hearing that and joining <laughs> in. Um, I had a lot of, you know, this was kind of difficult for me because I was kind of targeting, you know, all after the All-Star break to now. Honorable mentions have to be Harrison Bader and Dolan Verschel. Those guys were two guys I was very close on taking. But in 10 games, Kyle Farmer has been legit for the Reds. Yes. Um, there we go. What weighted runs created plus 225, which wasn't even the best out of the group, but I mean... Looking at all those names, I did not expect Kyle Farmer to be top 10 in WRC Plus after the All-Star break. It would have been funny if you were like, we have, I'm talking about the red that's been sweeping the nation <laughs> with his offensive performance, Kyle Farmer. Kyle Farmer, 436, 488, 744, BABIP of 469. CEO of no walk. CEO, 4.7 walk percentage, 
11, per, 11 uh, K percentage with an ISO of just over three. And in this time, too, he is, has a .9 war in 10 games. Only guy since pace. the All-Star break to have over one is, I don't know if anyone's mentioned him yet, Bovado. But, I mean, that's pretty pretty obvious. Votto just turned into Barry Bonds since the All-Star break. Yeah. Literally. But Kyle Farmer, who would have thought? Exactly. Who would have thought? Not me. <laughs> not me. Not me. So, Kyle Farmer. How about that? All right. So, uh, my how about that is, um, I mean, we, we're trying to think of names, but this is the first time in ARR history we've had a guy have uh, two how about that's in a single season. Oh, there we go. Um, I'm looking for the Google Doc right here. Or actually, well, it's, it's how about there. these? How about how about how these? these? <laughs> yes. Yeah. How about these? Uh, this wasn't my how about that. It was Daniel's. I'm talking about Austin Riley, who's just been uh, you know going off once again, crazy in his last 21 games. He is hitting at 355 with a 12. 16 OPS in this span, he ranks third in slugging, third in OPS, and third in F4 behind Juan Soto and the aforementioned Johnny uh, Joey Votto. Johnny Votto. <laughs> Johnny Votto, the aforementioned Joey Votto. So he is right behind them, and also in the span, his hard hit rate is 56.7 percent, and his barrel rate is 15 percent. So Austin Riley, you know, I we don't really have a name for him. But first guy to have two, how about that? It's Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, first it's pretty clear have, he has a name. Yeah, he just he, said it. Yeah. First, first, uh, first player to have uh, two, how about that's in the same year, uh, Austin Riley. How about that? Once again, you got him on both sides of, of us, too. I got him once, you got him once. Uh, my how about that is one of Nico's uh, honorable mentions. I'm looking at Harrison Beta because he's been... He's been turning it on recently. He was a high-level prospect when he first came up. We haven't really seen it from him, but we've seen it since July 4th and really just throughout the month of July. But particularly since July 4th, he is slashing 397, 440, 676 with an OPS of 1116. His 198 weighted runs created plus over this time ranks 5th in Major League Baseball. And take this for what it's worth, his 2.1 defensive runs above average also ranks 5th. So he's been doing it offensively and defensively. And one thing I've been really impressed about is coming into this year, his single season lowest strikeout rate was 26.1%. And this year, he has cut it down to 15.2%. It's gone gone down 10% from his best single season. Uh, He is the second Cardinals outfielder to have an 1,100 OPS, three-plus stolen bases, and less than 15 strikeouts over any 21-game span. The other one was Eno Slaughter in the, in the year 1940. Let's go. What a guy. Harrison Bader. How about that? All right, and on to our last how about that of the, of the day, Bono. Well, my guy's interesting. Luis Guillerme. Oh, yeah, Luis Guillerme. <laughs> Best player ever. You know, J.D. Davis, too. They're up there. Um, Tyrone Taylor, averaging 406, OVP of 457, getting on base a little bit under half of the time. Uh, over the last uh, two weeks, or over the last two week stretch, he got on base in every game that he started in. Uh, the one time he didn't get on base was a pinch hit, and I think he strike struck out. Um, he's currently on a six game uh, hitting streak, uh, and he's <clears throat> sorry, eleventh in the league in OPS over that two week span. Uh, honestly, he's just been solid. 
average player, but other than the last two weeks, pretty damn good. That's a good, that's a good how about that? That's a great one. Ty, what's his name? Tyron Taylor? Tyron Taylor. Tyron Taylor. How about that? I'm very impressed. You guys brought it. Uh, so, I, I like I like too how you go. He has a four like a four fifty on or OBP, and you go. He's getting on base like almost half the time. Like almost, <laughs> yeah, almost. <laughs> not, quite. Not, quite, uh, not quite. So we'll go we'll we'll go the opposite direction right. for slightly alarmings. All right. Back so back. for our back to back snake draft for our uh, Friday or Saturday, July thirty first, twenty 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 one edition of slightly alarming. Uh, Bono, what do you got for us today? I got a recently traded player. Oh, wow. I know his first his first game with the Yankees. He uh, struck out <laughs> multiple times. Uh, oh, we got a name, freeze over. His name is Joey Gallo. We got a freeze over. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Averaging .086, right? OBP of one seven nine. How 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 often is he getting on base? Um, a little bit under 20% of the time. So. <laughs> uh, he's sixth worst in the league over that two-week stretch that I was talking about earlier in OPS, WRC plus of 13. Uh, terrible. He's only got three hits over the last 35 at-bats, and in those 35 at-bats, he struck out half the time. Wow. 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 Like, wow. You're bringing the heat hit here. Uh, is that is that what you got for Joey Gallo? Yeah, that's all I got for Joey Gallo. Right. Yes, uh, that was a very good, slightly alarming. Uh, Joey Gallo. Slightly alarming. Um, Daniel, what do you got for us all today? Right. Uh, Bono, cover your ears. Oh no, no! Are we the same guy? No, I was stuck between two. I can go with the other one though. Okay, so I'm talking about a guy, a pitcher who. Oh, pitcher. Yeah, his peripherals has suggested this is going to happen, and. Not like this, but Taiwan Walker has been really struggling. In the month of July, he had he pitched exactly 20 innings and had 20 earned runs. He also had 15 strikeouts and 13 walks. Uh, among the 87 pitchers to throw at least 20 innings since July 3rd, keep in mind, 87 pitchers, Walker ranks 86th in earned run average with a 9, 86th in 5th, and despite a 22.2% home run to fly ball ratio, he is dead last in XFIP. With a 6.17. If you have a 22.2% home run to fly ball ratio, XFIP is usually going to be nicer to you because a lot of your fly balls are going out, which is considered unlucky. But nah, Taiwan Walker still last in that stat, so. But nah. But, but nah. But nah. nah. So, Taiwan Walker. Slightly alarming. Uh, yeah, not been. Uh, Mets not fan, real quiet over there. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. That's why you get nice like uh, Trevor Williams, yeah. and uh, to reinforce that, the, I mean they do have Carlos Carrasco coming back. That's a very good. I mean, sign. Realistically, I mean if you got Anthony Rizzo, you could have gotten another bullpen piece too. Yeah, that's right. that's really where the Yankees shine. No, I think we should have traded for Brett Phillips. Yeah, that's. I mean that's you know the American show him better. Than, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, my slightly, <laughs> slightly alarming is. Uh, Someone who we actually mentioned previously in the show about, you know, the deadline, his lack of activity, or the Royals' lack of activity, uh, Whit Merrifield. He's been having a slump in his last 21 games. He's hitting at 214 with a 512 OPS. In this span, he ranks 166th out of 175 qualifiers in OPS. And before this span, uh, this might be a little alarming, his strikeout rate was 12.1%, but in this span... His strikeout rate is 21.7%, so almost a 10% uh, 
10 percentage point increase there. Hey, Chris, how, how often is he striking out? He's striking out like more than one out of five times. Wow. It's, uh, it's uh, pretty wow. bad in this span. His hard hit rate has uh, also gone from 30% before the span to 22% uh, in this span. So, you know, not getting unlucky. He's just having a bad, a bad month or so. Uh, Whit Merrifield. Slightly alarming. And lastly, Nico, what do you got for so, slightly alarming? Bono, I would have you cover your ears again. This one's, this one's tough. He hasn't had a great year, but he's been very bad in his last 11 games. Of the top 180, he is one of three to have a negative weighted runs created plus with about over at least eight games played since the All-Star break. Michael Conforto. Oh, I don't care about it. This, this is a, this is a double it. down. Yeah. This, this, one is, this one is very bad. Conforto um, sucks. <laughs> is, hey, do we have a name for someone to get two slightly alarmings in one season? Super, super freeze. Uh, unfortunately, I was, I was actually thinking about This is an aside, but um, in The Incredibles, his name's The Freeze, right? Yeah. Unf- if, if it was Super Freeze, I would uh, have Fro- like... Frozone? Frozone. Oh, oh yeah, Frozone. I think we've hit the Frozone with uh, Michael Conforto. This this is Michael Conforto now. Hey, I, hey, what's up, guys? All right, <laughs> we got a little audience for the pod. We got featuring uh, Brody Still and and uh, I don't know. Do you want to get yourself included here? Yeah, sure. All right, we got David Kilburn on the pod. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> so this is this is probably my favorite stat when looking at this. He is or Michael Conforto has the second worst walk to strikeout ratio since the All Star break, only behind Taylor Naquin. He is, Taylor, Taylor Naquin? Or, sorry, Tyler Naquin. Tyler Naquin is a beast. He's Michael Conforto, he has the best two weeks ever. Michael Conforto is striking out over 25% of the time and walking 5% of the time with a slash line of uh, 111, 179, 139, and with a weighted runs created plus of negative 4. Statistically speaking, it's better for him to be off the field than on the field. Statistically speaking, he is still better than... Joey Gallo. <laughs> <laughs> not, not necessarily. You said 13 would have been Oh, yeah, plus. you're right. You negative right. 4? Negative 4. Last come I on, checked, 13 was, was higher than negative 4. Uh... Uh, Michael Conforto with the with okay. getting in the fro zone. <laughs> Welcome to the fro zone. Oh, population Michael Conforto. Slightly <laughs> <laughs> alarming. Uh, so yeah, there we go. Look um, at that. So Round of applause, everybody. That ARR was... history being made. I'm, I'm very impressed. Like, I was not ready for Kyle Farmer and Tyrone Taylor, but I'm very happy with it. Very satisfied. Of course, we got the Mets fan on, and we talked to about two Mets. But yeah. I should, honorable mention to J.D. Martinez, also stinking it up since the All-Star break. Yeah, I, I would uh, agree with that. Another site that Armin got, it's real quick just for me. Um, <laughs> J.D. Davis, not throwing you home, man. <laughs> Should have thrown throw so, it home. For... For some, you know, like explanation, Dan men- mentioned how he was at a Mets game. That was with, of course, Bono and I. And first and third, nobody out. Rich Hill already out of the game. So those runners were for Rich Hill, of course, up three. No- or I believe they were up three nothing at the time. And grounded to third. Instead of turning two, he tries to go home, and it was clearly safe. It was not even close. Clearly safe. And because of that, it caught like if he doesn't make that throw home, Rich Hill gets the win, which I know pitcher wins are very important in baseball. Yeah. He would have gotten the win in the Mets debut. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, if you're going to talk about the slightly alarm, how about like, didn't he not even go five? He went, he went five plus. Okay, okay, you're right. He did go he, five. He went plus. five plus. And then I mean, how about uh, how about how about that with Luis Guillerme? You know, playing second base, showing he plays first. Hey, with, uh, hey, how about this? how about that with uh, with uh, J D Davis on the offensive side? Hey, I mean, he doesn't play that much. What was he? I mean, we showed up there. I like had to double check this. The I know he scored like five games. Yeah, he's in like three sixty. <laughs> uh, how often is he getting a hit? 
Uh, like a, a third of the time. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, usually we end with a preview of the weekend ahead, but it is a weird recording. Yeah. Uh, I say, uh, I my my favorite pitching matchup, uh, you know, it's a repeat of the Don't Throw Above 91 matchup. We got yeah. Rich Hill versus Wade Miley tonight. Those I'm are, really those are pumped for that. Best. I'm pumped for that. Yeah. That's, that's kind of scary. I yeah. mean, we got to watch uh, Ross Stripling Rich Hill, which... Was not the best. <laughs> That's a... Was not the most interesting game to watch. Yeah. Uh, also, a, a good, a good uh, matchup for Saturday night. You got a uh, U Darvish versus Herman Marquez. You got a couple aces, I guess, uh, or ace for a Rocky that go in there. But you are, know, you just, are you just doing my segment? I mean, I don't have a, I don't have a segment to go off. We're already in the middle yeah, of all these true. series. That's true. Uh, you, you do uh, Sunday day by day matchups. All right. Well, we're looking at. Yeah, I'll take this. Looks like we got Marcus Stroman going for the Mets in the series finale against the Cincinnati Reds. You have Brett Anderson going against Charlie Morton. Brett Anderson been performing a lot better lately. Charlie Morton obviously doing the same. You have, oh, this might be another uh, don't throw it above 91 game. You got Michael Pineda going against the, uh, the Cardinals retirement home rotation. Starred with Adam Wainwright. Yeah, that's a real throwback. Game. I think I think one that's game. That's a real throwback ooh, game. Here's a good one: Luis Garcia versus Logan Webb. That might be my favorite matchup of the day. Logan Webb has been pitching excellent over the last month and a half. Luis Garcia, my American League Rookie of the Year pick from here on, as well as Chris's, I believe. You know, this might be overlooked, but Rockies Padres Gomber versus Paddock. This is a big game for Paddock. If he has a if he has a rough game here, what what does it say for the rest of the year? I mean, if you can't. Well, I mean, be- they didn't add any other starting pitching, did they? Not that I know of, no. But then again, I mean, how MLB ready is Mackenzie Gore? Not. You don't. You think next year? I mean, this this Padres team, like the rotation on the Padres right now, is just stacked with talent all at the wrong time. Mm -hmm. And the way Chris Paddock is playing, he's playing himself out of a rotation spot for the following years. Yeah, it's there's been a lot of underperforming on the Padres uh, rotation. Slightly alarming of mine. Yeah, he's. uh, Yeah, the the Padres rotation has had some underperforming in the past like month or so. Uh, Darvish has actually been struggling in the past, like four starts, and then yeah, Paddock's been bad. Snell has been bad. Uh, it's yeah, not been great over there. All right. Uh, yeah. Right so, up. what do you guys have to plug? Bricks and buckets. You got bricks and buckets. So Bono mentioned earlier that he knows basketball, and that's because we have, of course, you know, we shouted you out on our podcast episode that hasn't gone live yet. Um, but nice. Uh, bricks and buckets. On Twitter at Bricks Buckets and on Instagram at Bricks and Buckets. If you want to tag our socials as well, Twitter and Instagram is Nico underscore Fasella. Let's do it. Uh, Twitter and Instagram is Bono Siddhartop. Yep, yep. Uh, so go follow them. Go listen to the podcast. I'm sure uh, anyone in the audience might be uh, might be interested in basketball, and they just had it. They just had a, a nice draft and. Also, the biggest trades in sports right now are also happening in basketball at the MLB trade deadline. Uh, so we hope you enjoy this one. If you are, uh, I mean, there's really no YouTube element to this, but uh, if you want to follow me on social media, follow me at Chris underscore Gianta on Twitter. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. And uh, we hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you on Tuesday where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball once again. See you then. This conversation. This conversation is over. Is over.